Hey, future assistants, current assistants, looky-loos. Welcome to episode four of Talk to My Assistant, everything you never wanted to know about being a Hollywood assistant. My guest this week is smart, hilarious, and ready to share the dirt about her ascent to working at a comedy-related production company. We actually recorded this interview a couple months ago when she was an assistant, and she's since been promoted to creative executive. So I don't want to say guesting on my podcast makes all your dreams come true, but that's what the evidence says. For those of you new to the industry, a creative executive is a standard job title for a junior exec, but also obviously sounds badass. And she is a badass. She shares her struggle about figuring out what she wanted to do and how she learned from trying different things along the way, like working at an agency and writing before finally landing on producing. She gives insight to those of you kind of unsure exactly where you want to land in the industry, which is something I go into a little further on the blog at talktomyassistant.com. We also chat about her biggest mistake, the time she got called a scared puppy, and her passion for improvising. Also, okay, I know I might have said I'd release an interview with a dude this week, but you get another lady boss because, I don't know, you're welcome. Okay, there's some background noise in this episode also, and this was one of my early recordings, so I'm not sure if it's us making the noise, my insufferable upstairs neighbors clomping around, or my guest's dreams taking flight. But we met when we sat next to each other as agency assistants, so we kind of kick off the episode with some well-deserved roasting of me. Before we start, I'm honored to announce we've reached $6 billion 666 listeners, which is why we have a sponsor this week. This episode is brought to you by Struggies, diapers for assistants. Ever sit at your desk and think, wow, I really have to pee, but my boss won't stop rolling calls. Or I really have to drop a deuce, but if my boss comes back and I'm gone, a shit will hit the fan. Or damn, I really just don't want to walk down the hall to the bathroom. We'll try Struggies, diapers for assistants. Not only are they convenient, but the slim fit design isn't bulky like the ones you wore when you were a baby. It does give your tush an added bump and adds a nice cushion while you sit all day. Try promo code NEED2P. That's N-E-E-D, the number two, the letter P. Struggies is not related to butthurt, cream for bosses. Now for the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to hear is true. The names have been redacted to protect the innocent. Are we okay? Do we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about it? I mean, we might as well just. It's time. Okay. <laughs> so the witching hour is about every day at around five p.m. Rachel would just 
lose it. <laughs> like lose it is the best. Would way just to put start it. like giggling maniacally <laughs> and just start like spouting like stream of consciousness, like whatever came to her mind, and she'd just be like. <laughs> And I was like, oh boy, here we go. And it was you like loved pretty it much. You because you were born out of your mind. Yeah, it was, it was something that brought a bit of levity to an otherwise <laughs> grim day. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you ended up in entertainment, you know, the, the kind of intro. Um, well, I went, I guess this, the story begins in college, I guess. As all good stories As do. As all good stories do. Um, I was a film major in college, spent a lot of time in literally a basement, (laughs) a dark basement, watching movies and writing papers about them. And then, um, when I like graduated, I took some time off, lived in Paris, don't be jealous. And then knew I was like... I feel like we need to freeze on Paris for a minute. What did you do in Paris? Um, I taught English in an elementary school. Okay, so it was totally unrelated to entertainment. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, I feel like I got to do this before I get into like the real world. And So you knew that you eventually wanted to work in yes. film or TV, yeah. but you wanted to... Okay, smart yeah. because it's a lot harder to do that once you start. Yeah, totally. No, I, it's something I like... I'm so glad I did. I never went abroad in college or anything. So um, knew that it, that was like the opportunity and the time. And I'm really glad I did it because if I think if I went straight into working in Hollywood, it just, oh, that, it's a long time just like working, working. So well, I'm glad I, I had that time to like explore. Yeah. yeah. And then I hit a wall where I was like, <laughs> like yeah, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> um, so yeah, then I came back and I fortunately like live grew up outside LA so I just was living at home looking for jobs and then I got an interview at an agency did did the interview and they hired me to okay but how did you get the interview well so I got the interview because one of my professors in college um who I took a screenwriting class with is like a very well-known screenwriter who um was repped at this agency so he was like I'll send in your resume and that's so it cool. Just he happened. just yeah went I'm, to Connecticut and taught. Yeah, I mean he he actually like lived in New York, but he he had this like deal with the school or whatever that every spring he would like guest teach a That's screenwriting so class. Cool. Yeah, and it was like a seminar, and it was he was amazing, and I still like keep in touch with him, and he's just like super talented, but also just like a great guy. Yeah. So I was really lucky that he was like kind of an early mentor for me, um, especially when I started like in the business and was like, I don't know what this is. Yeah. Like, and I would call him and be like, um, what is, and he would, I mean, he had like, obviously his path was like screenwriting, so it was different from what I was doing, but he also started like at a production company. And so he had some insight and was super helpful to me early on. So I will always appreciate him for that. And that's super lucky because I feel like those people are hard to find. Yes, for I feel sure. like to a degree I still haven't found someone like yeah. that. Yeah. Because for a lot of people that first mentor is one of their bosses, but a yeah. lot of bosses just aren't interested yeah. in doing that. Yeah. I mean, understandably, but. Yeah. Um, no, I was super lucky and um, and I was also lucky the fact that like I got that interview and then I got that job because he was sort of giving me a lot of advice and had set me up with a bunch of meetings around town, if you will. And he had like super high end, like 
pretty uh distinguished like connections we're like yeah. the head of like studios and I'm going in there like being like I just graduated from college yeah like, I don't know but um uh you know just like a fresh little fresh face to like yeah right which off is the also bus. the best time to do that in a yeah. way because anyone so you have, you're and you're not really asking for anything yeah. huge yeah um but yeah I met with some like really like big people and I was like that's great that I just like walked in that guy's office and was like so what should I do yeah but I mean I think I actually gained a lot of insight from doing that because pretty much everyone was like well you should work at an agency because yeah. it's really good experience you meet a lot of people um and so I was like okay I think that's what I want to do yeah. and then my mentor also he was basically like something he always said to me which I also say to like young people who come to me now to ask for advice is he always said um, any job is a good job. So he was basically just like, whatever you get, like, take it. Don't be picky and you'll, you know, kind of find your way. So like the job at the agency was the first job I got. And I was like, it was at that time, I was like, yeah, this is what I think I should be doing. So off I went. And did into you... the mail room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you, when you started at the agency, did you know what you wanted to do afterwards? Or was that more... I that so that's like kind of I think my big, my big struggle was that I had no real idea what I wanted to do going in there. I was just like again this sort of like sweet faced like recent college grad and not even that like I'd spent the last year in Paris like barely working. And so going into <laughs> that environment was like a insane change for me yeah that was like a very hard transition yeah I had the same thing coming straight out of college because yeah. all of a sudden someone has complete control over you especially yeah. when you become an assistant in yeah. the mailroom you have a little bit more oh I love autonomy the, the ma- mailroom is really chill I was I keep I always say I'm like I was plucked too soon from me the too mailroom because I was like you just chill and like deliver you do deliver mail and you do have to do random errands but like you just read like magazines and books all day like you have totally. no responsibility <laughs> also um, and then occasionally you have to do um like an assignment substituting for an yeah. assistant basically yeah as a floater which is never going to be a good word but um <laughs> <laughs> but it's at the end of the day that person loves or hates you you're going back to the mail room yeah yeah exactly yeah um so I loved that phase and then when I got onto a desk it was like whoa my hours I it was insane what kind of desk were you on I was on a talent desk which is I mean they're all insane but the volume I feel like on a talent desk is just so high because yeah. they have all these clients that they're sending out on like hundreds of auditions and yeah. you have to keep track of all of that and it's just insane and as someone going into that environment who has no idea yeah. what it is I was like I remember training for that task once I got hired and this guy was like sitting explaining everything to me training and I just remember being like just like fogged like my brain had reached capacity of new information right. and I was just like not even processing it anything anymore and I was just like you're talking but it's not going in like I it's too much I have no idea because yeah. there's so many like procedures and like like rules about how to do things like within the agency and like with your particular boss and like within the industry and it's and sometimes like, it's just how you format an email and who yeah. you have to send it to first yeah. and who you have to cc yeah it's all about sort of there's so many there's so much protocol about like giving information to everyone and making yeah. sure everyone has information because I feel like that's something I've learned is like 
a big thing that I've learned going like through other jobs in entertainment is that when people like feel like they're out of the loop or weren't CC'd or whatever, it's like a cause for so much drama. And it's like learning yeah. that I was yeah. like, okay, so okay, CC, you have to CC all these people and make sure they're aware and then send a thing to the manager and then make sure the client, it's like yeah. insane. So, uh, and then when you mess it up, you, as you were saying, you bring up all these issues and you, damage people's egos or your brain mm-hmm. conflicts to the surface mm-hmm. that were mm-hmm. bubbling like mm-hmm. I knew you didn't respect me yeah. yeah yeah it's crazy anyways anyways what was I saying something I'm getting a job it was too much information for yeah you. it was too much information um but you did so it, it was just like a, that was Wait, like a the rough person transition before you get fired because I know that yes. particular desk okay which yes. is another tense issue yeah, yeah. and it was like <laughs> It was, and it's just so weird too because you, as someone starting that job, like I, it was like my first real job, um, other than like being a waitress or you know, it was like yeah. I'm hired at this company and I'm doing this thing, um, and it's an office job, which is a very particular, yeah, and like, again, like I said, there's all this protocol and like names that I didn't know, and I was just like totally new at this thing, and they like really don't give you any time to like be a beginner or to learn. They're like, okay, why did you fuck that up? I'm like, I've been doing this for two days. Yeah. And I've never done anything like this before. They just like don't really give you any opportunity or time to be a beginner or to be new at something and to be learning. And, you know, if you mess something up, they're like, why did did this happen? Why did you do that? And I'm like, because I've been doing this for – Two, three days. Like, I, I'm still trying to figure this out. And I worked, like, <laughs> I think in my beginning days on that first desk, I worked maybe, like, 8 a.m. till like, 10 p.m. Like, I... For how long? Like, probably at least the first month, maybe. Yeah. Because little, like, overachiever me weekends. was, like... Yeah. Yeah, I was, like, I'm going to get this. And I remember I sat at a desk that faced, like, a wall. And so... There was no windows, so I didn't know, like, if the sun had set. Like, there was no indication of the time of day it was. So I just, like, went into work first thing in the morning and then would leave, like, when it was dark. And it was just, it was truly grim. It was truly a grim existence. I remember I, um, I, like, am a big stress eater. And I remember one (laughs) day I got, I went out at lunch and got two cupcakes Pretty sizable cupcakes and Sprinkles. ate them. Yeah, and ate them <laughs> both at my desk because I was just like, "This is gonna make me feel better." <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, and then you felt horrible, probably. Yeah, and I was like, mm, I "Can't wait. I'm tired." Um, but it was just like all I could do to just like handle That's the stress and the emotions and um, and everything. Yeah. It's intense. It's a very intense environment. And that that's a very intense place to start. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of young talent agents are very high-pressure desks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And coming in off someone, after someone had gotten fired. Yeah. Um, and then you did more desks after that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I was talking about that before. Was I didn't know what I wanted to do, like, starting at the agency. I knew just, like, I need a job in this business. And, like, agencies is, like, a good place to start. I thought my kind of plan at that time was to just like, because a lot of times other jobs like at production companies or studios always say like you need agency experience 
so you it's hard to get those jobs without them so I was like okay I'll just like do a year yeah. at an agency and then go off and work at a production yeah. company that was just like my basic sketch well, of like what I wanted to do kind of like what you said it's basically the only true entry-level job yeah. would be starting in a mailroom or working as a PA because yeah. the yeah. other assistant jobs are kind of considered a next step yeah so unless you find a PA job that's particular to what you're doing or mm-hmm. a production company that's willing to take you on as an assistant yeah. without that. Yeah. And yeah. And it's, so that was like something I learned when I had, you know, come back from Paris and was looking for jobs. It's like, just keep saying Paris. Yeah. Keep I saying lived I came in back Paris, Paris. Okay. I did live in Paris. It's not a big deal, but I am. She is wearing a beret. I am very worldly and I <laughs> do wear berets and have fringe fringe uh bangs um it's bangs in english but i know but but, uh, you're talking about paris and now (laughs) um so yeah so i didn't know what i wanted to do um and that was kind of i learned like a problem uh because i was at i ended up working at the agency for three years which is like a really long time if you don't want to be an agent um, That's and a I knew, yeah, I knew the one thing I did know is that I didn't want to be an agent because I was just like, this is crazy. This is a crazy place. I don't want to be here. Um, and definitely I was always more like creative and knew that. Cause you were writing for a while too. Yeah. I thought, well, so I went through like so many versions of like potential careers. I was like, okay, I think I want to just like work at a production company and maybe be in development or maybe produce, but maybe I want to write and those were sort of like the things I thought I wanted to be doing. Um, and then, so yeah, I worked on this talent desk. And then after that, I worked on a, um, a feature lit desk, which is just an agent who, who represents writers and directors for film. Um, and at that time, I, <laughs> working on that desk, like I thought, I was like, okay, I want to be in film. I want to be working at a production company. I want to be in kind of like, I came from a school that was very, like, indie, kind of, like, hipstery people with very sort of weird taste. So I was like, you know, I want to work in, like, independent film. Yeah. Um, and also coming from Paris, like, I was thinking, you know, I want to be on, like... Uh, yeah, coming from Paris. From, coming yeah. from Paris. Uh, again, I'm just going <laughs> to circle back to that. I wanted to, like... I was thinking about, you know kind of having more of like a global like a a job at a production company or even like a finance company where I was like there's sort of more of a global element to the work because I was like I could speak French so right yeah that's really helpful yeah super worldly it's really helpful to you know have that yeah um could have gone to Cannes I could have I was like ready to go to Cannes (laughs) I was ready you know to do that whole thing um and so then but then so then being on that desk I was like, the film industry has changed a lot. It takes, you have to have so much patience to get a movie made. It's, there's like, studios are only, like, making huge franchise movies, putting their money into big blockbusters, and I was like, I'm not interested in making those kinds of films. I'd be interested in more, like, indie, like, Sundance-type things, but there's, like, no money there, and they're extremely hard to make. Yeah. And I was just like, this is too frustrating. I don't want to be doing this. Yeah. So not like I was like doing that, but just sitting with my the agent I worked for, I kind of learned I was like, this is not a process that like I'm gonna be able well, to. Well, that's a very common thing because I had the same experience when I worked on a features desk because mm-hmm. I had been coming from TV mm-hmm. and going to features was just 
constant heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then you see that it it felt like two different businesses because mm-hmm. there were the big studio films, mm-hmm. which just meant staffing writers basically the same way you staff yeah. broadcast TV. It felt like sometimes yeah. to do rewrites or whatever. Yeah. And the drama of that and versus the small independent type of festival stuff. Yeah. But the films that I was interested in, I feel like would have been a more of a middle ground, which seemed to be shrinking. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, I learned that and then I kind of was like, okay, what stories am I interested in? And it was sort of, there had been, you know, this whole like television renaissance. And I feel like a lot of the things that would have been, you know, medium budget, smaller budget, like indie films sort of had gone to TV and were now like series or mini series. And I was like, okay, I think I want to do TV. (laughs) So then... And then at that time when I was on the features desk, I was like doing improv and started really honing into like comedy. And I was like, oh, I think I want to do comedy. Wait, you were so secretive about that. I feel like we didn't talk about it. Well, well, I didn't do it when I worked on the last desk. I stopped because okay. it was too intense. So yeah, when I was on the feature desk, I had, it was like the guy I worked for was like very, um, awkward. <laughs> what's the word? Um, shy? Autonomous. No, he was just a... He was, he was an like, island. He was very OCD. So he uh. did a lot of stuff himself. So he would only let me, like, schedule meetings, and that was about it. So I, it wasn't, like, a high-volume desk, but he was definitely a, a personality that I had to be very careful in handling, and that was, like, the main stress of that job. Yeah. Um, so I had time to, like, take improv classes and do practice groups and... and go to shows and do all that stuff so that's I got into that then and then in my last desk it was that's too in, her it last was, desk is very important where we sat next to each other yes yes when I finally met Rachel and my whole everything, changed. everything made sense that's um, why I'd gone to Paris and that I knew that is why <laughs> I that's so funny. that is fate brought us together really um so yeah and then so yeah my last desk I stopped doing improv because it was just that desk was like too much for me to have like free time to do anything else but then I picked it back up and found my way found my way (laughs) but I ended up taking like many levels of UCB over you did yeah (laughs) because it's like you have they give you like a two-year uh like period where you have to take the next level and it had like expired but luckily, I didn't have to start over 101 again. I was like, um, please. I think they don't go. really make people go all the way back to 101, right? Yeah. Well, I had, anyway, I had a, I think I was like ready to go to 301 or was it four? I don't remember. Yeah. But yeah, I had to take some of them it's over. frustrating because it's Plus, so Plus, I kind expensive. of wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I wanted to because I was like, I don't remember how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what am I doing? So needed to, to do that. But it was good because in taking it over, I met all the people who were on my current improv team. So it all worked out. And that's yeah. also why I went to Paris. So that you could do better so improv. So that I could do better at improv. No, because then you Rachel. can really draw on your... Well, yeah. But you can mm-hmm. also really just draw on true life experiences if you do have that year in Paris. Exactly. Yeah, it really exactly. translates to the I just am like, sure. oh, you've never lived abroad? Wow. That's like, why I start every job happen, interview too, right? I haven't lived... A, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I make a point to be like, well... I did live in Paris, and I learned a lot, and I, I lived a lot. I'm now picturing and I just all your feel like, like a better, more informed human because of it. 
all your informational coffees with new grads are like, just go to Paris. You should just take a year off. Yeah, just Just go go. to Paris. Just go somewhere, (laughs) anywhere. Live, Uh, see the world. But I I do kind of, I do guess I do encourage that. Because I do, well, now I feel like a dick saying this, but I do feel like you're more well-rounded if you have, like, experience kind of not only working. I feel like, Rachel, you should probably just Go go to Paris. Just I'm super into that. By just the way. do it. Yeah. I have a friend now who's like, you should just go back. And I'm like, oh, I could. <laughs> I did think about it. Twist like, my arm. Could just go. Um, well, yeah. so then you're on a TV lit desk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was because okay. you were told that you had to, right? Well, yeah. So then what happened was when I was on the feature desk and I was like, okay, I want to be in TV because those are the stories I'm interested in, like being involved with. Um, but while I was on the feature desk, I was trying to leave. So I was doing all these interviews at production companies, like feature production companies, studios and stuff, and just was not finding something that I felt was really interesting to me that seemed any better than an agency job. Um, so I, and I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to do TV and I want to be doing comedy. So then I started trying to find TV interviews outside of the agency and everyone that I interviewed for was like, no, you don't need TV experience. So we're not going to hire you. Even though it's like the job is just like answering the phone and scheduling like scheduling meetings and like answering emails. It's like, it doesn't really matter if you have TV experience, quote unquote, it's like, there's different names to know, but that's something you can learn. It's yeah. So that, like, was an, an, the stupidest excuse, but okay. So I was, like, kind of in a catch-22. Um, and then I met with an agent at the place I worked, and he was like, you should do a TV desk at this agency. And I was like, but no, I'm <laughs> trying to get out of here. And Save it, like, me. it truly, like, broke me. That was just this turning point. I remember just being like, oh, my God have to stay here and it was a very hard decision because I wanted out so badly but I was just like no this is the right thing to do so then I started interviewing for tv desks at the agency and all the agents were like oh we know you're trying to leave so we're not gonna (laughs) hire you uh like you've been here too long if you don't want to be an agent like you gotta go and I'm like fuck like so I was really stuck and I was like I don't know what I'm gonna do but I like something's gotta change um so then it ended up that this one TV desk opened up for like a higher level agent who didn't care, <laughs> didn't care at all. Yeah. So, um, and he was firing his assistant. So, um, you have a habit of swooping in when someone gets I'm fired. I'm just, you know, that pinch hitter. I'll just be like, okay, you're going to go? Sure. Throw me in there, <laughs> I guess. Um, so then, yeah, I, and I was absolutely terrified because. He was just like you know a very like big name. He was within a hard the agency. Yeah, and he was a hard nut to crack. Yeah, and he was like known for being kind of like tough. And I was like, oh, I'm definitely gonna get fired. Like I was like, I'll be there for a month or two, then I'll just go back to the mailroom. It's all gonna be cool. It's all gonna work out. <laughs> back to the mailroom. It's right? fine. I, I can do the whole time. Go back and read some magazines in the mailroom. Yeah. With no responsibilities. Live my best life. Eat try to cereal. find another job. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I ended up lasting on that desk somehow. Um, I think it was me, but and then I got it. Rachel kept me. It was all Rachel. <laughs> like when I have my Oscar speech, I'm going to be like, 
this is for Rachel. <laughs> she got me through everything. Um, but yeah, so then I made it through and then finally got out. <laughs> and then I was like, everything's going to be okay. And it ended up okay. So how did you decide where you wanted to go after the agency? Um, well, at that point, I had like figured my, my shit out a bit more. Like I, I still, I thought I wanted to be a writer at that time. And when I interviewed for that last desk, like I told him I wanted to be a writer. And he was like, okay, I don't care. As long yeah. as you can like do the work. Um, so I like knew I wanted to be in comedy. And this agent repped a lot of comedy people. So it made sense. And then one of his clients whose like office I worked with a lot I found out that one of the assistants was leaving and then I was like oh can I throw my resume in and he was like sure and then I you know did the whole interview I went through like three interviews like it was cr- the whole process of like getting through that was also crazy um but then they ended up hiring me and it was like perfect because it was a production company it was comedy they did tv and film and I was going to be working for two producers who did yeah. both yeah so it was, it was like super cool it was super cool and I, I still like at that time thought I wanted to be writing so I was like this is gonna be great and it's gonna be like way less intense and I'm gonna have more time to like write in my free time which was sort of true but it's just it's also a crazy business because it's just like the hours are long that's just yeah. how it is um and there's just like a lot just it's, the volume of everything is is pretty intense yeah even when you leave the agency you you eventually adjust to your new kind of standards yeah and sometimes you have more responsibilities that aren't necessarily sending 100 emails a minute but maybe you're responsible for getting through material yeah exactly so it's still a very intense job yeah Yeah. um and I want to hear a little bit about being an assistant at the production company but Mm -hmm. first like because I remember this too when you were kind of discouraged when you were on that last desk and mm-hmm. you didn't want to be there, but you, mm-hmm. you knew that you had to. Mm-hmm. How did you kind of push through that? Oh, my God. <laughs> through more stress eating? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I It was truly, truly difficult. Like, I think back on it, and there were a lot of tears. There were did a lot of Did you cry in the frust- bathroom? That's one of my favorite questions. I cried in the bathroom one time, okay. but it was only – it was when I was trying to get off the talent desk, yeah. and there was this – desk I interviewed for and I didn't get it and I was so upset because I really wanted to be off that talent desk Mm -hmm. um so that was the one time I cried in the bathroom but all my other tears were saved for the car or my house yeah um and no there were a lot of like late night phone calls to my mom crying yeah (laughs) like just being at my wits end a lot so yeah that last desk was tough but I I literally had like in my calendar marked like because usually they kind of like not make you stay like you can leave whenever you want but they kind of like encourage you to do six months which I feel like it's kind of worth putting in that time to like right. try to like and this learn. particular agency I feel like is cooler about that mm-hmm. because some agencies you have to stay for a full year that's crazy very specifically yeah um because I met people, actually, who worked for this person after me. And they were like, yeah, I did two months. And then I left. And I was like, hey, wow. no, maybe I shouldn't have hung out so long. But um, I think, I, I mean, I did, like, learn. I learned a lot. but And you it left was on better terms. Yeah. But it was definitely rough going. Um, and, but it, it ended up okay. Because I ended up getting a job that I, like, really liked. So, Yes, yeah, so and I knew that I was like I've I and the thing is too is I was like I've done 
so much work up to this point it would be dumb to just like jump ship yeah and um but it was also like and I also wanted to when I started the job search I was like I want to find something that sort of legitimizes all the work I've done so I want to like find something really good that's exciting to me because I have worked so hard to get to this point it would be dumb to just like throw it all away that's how I felt too yeah and not only that it's just the advice that I give is you have so many resources when you're leaving an agency that you can really that's when you're best able to pull off totally you know the strongest next move or get closest to where you want to go totally so you kind of want to push through to get there yeah yeah but so and then how was the transition and and what was the day-to-day life (laughs) the transition was so the transition was like as soon as I got that new job like I changed everything like I moved um I there was I feel like there was something else I did that I just like made all these changes because yeah. I was like everything's gonna be better um <laughs> and then I got to the new job and I it like wasn't immediately better because I had so much like PTSD from this other job yeah like I remember one of my coworkers um was like you were like a scared little puppy when you came <laughs> in here because like people would say something to you and you would like shudder and like look up at them yeah and I my one of my bosses would always say at this the new the new co- production company would always say thank you like in his emails or on the phone or in person I was like why is he saying thank you like this is so this is so weird I'm not used to this and it was just like kind of getting back into like normal society transitioning back into normal society with like humans mm-hmm. who weren't so uh, like ruthless in their approach I right. guess was strange to me and I still had so much of that like you're carrying a lot of baggage I was carrying yeah. a lot of baggage you're entering a new relationship yeah and you hadn't fully yeah recovered I would know it was because I was in like a toxic environment like yeah. a, in a toxic relationship and I was sort of like shell-shocked and I think also <laughs> I think when I started because of the company I work for we get free lunch which is like insane but I think I just like gained a bunch of weight there it was like the you know like the freshman 15 at like a new company and because I was just like oh my god this is so amazing like everything's so great now um but it was like it was kind of a transition and then at that point I kind of realized I was like okay I'm still an assistant I'm still like scheduling meetings and doing calls and I've been doing this now for like four years and I'm like I'm over this and I started to feel really stuck because I didn't know what my next step was going to be after this one um yeah and I was like okay do I want to write do I want to produce like what do I want to be doing and I was still like figuring it out even after the agency um but I knew I was like at least in the right place where I was at a smaller company with cool people and doing comedy did you feel like you were closer to the content yeah for sure and both of my bosses were like really I mean they were both like really great and like very inclusive like let me come to some meetings and like were willing to have me like be involved and give notes and be like will you read this for me let me know what you think um, there's just a lot more sort of you that you can put into your work that at an agency, it's just basically like helping this other person run right. their business. Yeah. Yeah. So so what's the day-to-day like then? Um, or And like, 
as much as you can, what is the position? Yeah, well, when I started there, it was, I know, I was still an assistant, so, and even now it's, like, the same. It's, like, the main job is scheduling meetings and answering the phones. But beyond that, there's an opportunity to, like, read everything, every Mm -hmm. new draft of a project that we have, every new submission that gets submitted from, like, managers or agencies. Um, And... There's that. And now, like, what I'm doing since I've been there also for a while is, like, way more expanded. And I, like, you know, will go to shows and be like, this comedian's really cool that I've seen. We should bring them in to meet. All, like, I've seen, like, web series that I've shown to my bosses. I'm like, we should meet with this person. Like, see if we can develop it. So it sort of grew into a role that where I could have like more creative input on things and that's like where I want to be and like keep expanding that so the end of the story is I finally figured out what I wanted to do which was like producing comedy television um so and that's I'm at a point now where I've been an assistant for a while and want to be at like the next level where I can bring in my own material and develop with writers and talent um so that's like now I'm kind of like at the next stage where I'm like looking for a new job yeah um but yeah it's always hard because you want to find something that like feels right for you but I also feel like I still like kind of always think back to the first you know my mentor's like first advice which was there's no job is a bad job and there's always you'll always like figure it out and I feel like there's always something valuable in whatever you do because I know plenty of people who like my roommate who's now a writer started out as a grip like she was gripping on like indie shoots and stuff like that and then she like you know got a job from that and then from there she got another thing so it's just like you kind of just build it as you go and I think for me I was kind of just like too hard and fast like it has to be this way and I don't yeah. think that uh, that's necessarily true. Like, there's really – and that was another thing, like, people have told me, like, there's no one way to do it in this business. And I feel like in other businesses that might be different, it's like, you know, first you're this, and then you get to yeah. go to that position, and you get promoted to that. But in entertainment, it's just so fluid. And, like, my one of my bosses, like, was, like <laughs> – ran a comedy theater and then got hired because of like the work that he did there and you just and then our another guy was just like an independent producer and they worked with him on a movie and they're like hey you should come like work for us so you truly never know and another guy was like a writer so it's just like there's no again yeah there's just no one way to do any of it I I found that that's in some ways the hardest step Mm -hmm. to to become whatever's after being an assistant yes, for people. Yes, 100%. Everyone needs an assistant, but not everyone needs, you know, a junior executive or yep. a young producer. Yeah. Or, so yeah, that's definitely helpful to hear, I think. Just yeah. that there are so many different ways to... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that. that's where I'm at. Is like, I've gone out for interviews where people are like, do you produce on your own? And I'm like, no. <laughs> They're like, why not? And I'm like, I don't have time. It's just, it's hard yeah. too. Cause like when you have a, a industry job, like the hours are just long. That's just how it goes. And there's always something for me to be doing. There's always a script for me to be reading. There's always a show to be going to. There's always something to well, be doing. 
Um, and you also don't necessarily have the budget to do that. Yeah. Because you're hard. not getting paid a lot. So if you're going to yeah. produce something on your own, theoretically, it might be a passion project. But then how are you going to get the budget together? Yeah. yeah. Which, you, by yeah. the way, don't be discouraged. There's definitely ways to do that. Yeah. But Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, a lot of it is like asking, you know, friends to like help you out for free. Um, and I feel like I'm at the point now where I know enough people that I could do that and have them hopefully say yes. But, um, and I mean, there are things that like I've still kind of been working on and playing around with and like, and producing is really just like putting, like one of my bosses calls it like putting puzzle pieces together. So it's like finding a writer that you know who has a thing and then you help them find a director and find this and then you right. all like come together and put it together. So that's something I'm trying to do more because, you know, I don't know when the next interview or step is going to like really happen. So it's like what is stopping me from just producing my own stuff now. Um, and something that I've noticed as being a trait among people who like I really admire, especially mm-hmm. in the creative world is that's what they did. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, you kind of just have to make stuff happen for yourself. Yeah. yeah. And there are some people who do really well in the system, but I don't even think that that's necessarily a reflection of them, mm-hmm. but it's just a lot of, Right place, right time. For sure. People for sure. taking you under your wing. Yeah. But what's cool about this industry and technology, I sound like everybody, but it's just <laughs> that you can you can do that. Yeah. So it's exciting that you're getting to a point where you yeah. want to do more of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, now it's just figuring out how to fold that into everything else yeah. that I want to be doing. Yeah. Um, and am doing. So, you know, you just got to keep pushing the boundaries. Right. Yeah. So, uh, well, that kind of brings me to the next question, which is I kind of wanted the topic of this week, which we've touched on already a bit, to be um, how you find kind of what your role should be in the industry or or Mm -hmm. what you're most passionate about within the industry because a lot of people do start in representation or in these other more broad entry-level jobs, and then they have to kind of figure out where to go from there. And I know that's something that you put a lot of consideration into. Mm -hmm. So kind of what's your advice on that? I mean, again, it's like no job is a bad job. Uh, I've I've had so many people come to me who are just like recent graduates or whatever, and they're coming out and they're like, oh, I think I want to direct or I think I want to write or whatever. And I'm just like – do that like I think especially it really just depends what your what you think your end goal is at that moment so it's like if you want to write it might not be a good idea to work at agency because the hours are so insane and you're not gonna because like to write you just need to write so like honestly go work at Starbucks and take I don't I don't think you really need to be taking writing class I would say like if you're a comedian like do you know UCB or do groundlings or whatever but um just you've got to do that and I think an agency if you want to be a writer is helpful to make certain connections but you're not going to have the time to really like hone in and develop that if you're working like 12 hour days um and the same with directing it's like just go do it and I think directing is different because I think being a PA is like I think there are like certain tracks for certain things it's like PA kind of does make sense if you want to direct or be on set. What, the way you can get on set. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you'll meet people that way and you'll you'll learn a lot that way. Yeah. And those jobs are kind of good because you're not working. It's not like year round. It's like, you know, you're on a show or a movie and then it ends. So you do have time after that to like 
go work on your own stuff, direct your own thing, whatever. But then I think like if you do want to be a producer or an executive or studio executive or obviously an agent or manager, it does help to start an agency or in representation. And again, like you never know how that's going to come about. Like I met a girl a couple weeks ago who she was like started in theater in New York and then... Um, she thought she wanted to be like a play, no, she didn't want to be a playwright. She wanted to be a dramaturg, which is like such a specific thing. And then went to graduate school for that. And then was like, theater isn't really what I want to be doing. And then found like a job at a production company. And now is like working at, at a production company and is like trying to produce. So it's, you really never know, but I think having, a vision of what you want and like you kind of do have to just try things and say yeah this isn't for me or like wow I really like this um and I I, think that's really important though because like when you were saying you didn't know what you wanted to do mm -hmm. so if you know you want to be a writer Mm -hmm. then it makes sense to run full force at that yeah but I think sometimes people are just drawn to story yeah and they're not sure where they fall yeah for sure I mean and that was definitely me and I was kind of like it's interesting now like where I work I see interns who totally have it figured out and they're yeah. like way ahead of me they're like yeah I want to be a comedian I'm doing stand-up like three nights a week I've written all this stuff and I'm like whoa I wish like I'm jealous of that because I wish I had that much sort of uh vision and confidence about what I wanted and I just didn't so yeah for the people who for all the people out there who are not sure or like confused I mean it's you kind of just have to like try it and see if it works like for me I was at so long because I was like I was at an agency for so long because I didn't know what I was doing and I tried a bunch of different things like I was in talent I was in features I was in tv and then I finally figured it out and now I'm like so gung-ho like off to the races on the path that I want and so and I feel like the thing is is I do feel like I'm more well-rounded because I know about features because I know about yeah talent where people other people will be like who's that I don't know what is that what's what script is that who wrote that you know and I'm like oh it's this from this and this yeah and it does just give you a broader sort of perspective of things and you just understand things more holistically so I don't like regret I kind of regret like not having as much you know vision or confidence about what I wanted to do because it kind of Felt like a little bit like wasted time, but it it wasn't. I but learned a lot. You did learn a lot, and it's important to acknowledge that, like, it's not going to be a straight path. For yeah. most people, it's not going to be a straight path, and so many people thought they were going to be doing something else and then found yeah. themselves drawn in a different direction. Yeah. So I think that's really good advice to just try things. Yeah. And I think if you want to try something and you're nervous about it and you don't do it, that means you just have to do it yeah. right away. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's fine to go into and be like, this really doesn't work for me. Right. I know plenty of people who, even a girl like on my improv team, (laughs) she worked at an agency for two weeks and was like, nope, and left and found it. And they were like, can she quit kind of like suddenly? And there was a lot of heat uh, that she got for that. And they're like, you'll never work in this business again. And she's like, yeah, right. And she got a job like a few months later and it was way better fit for her working for like a manager who was 
just had a few clients and it was like way more laid back and now she's in law school so like it doesn't matter you know like you'll figure it out um and there is a certain amount of like trusting yourself which I feel like I didn't I was because I kind of was like being I felt like I was being told you know this is the path this is the path and you really do have to listen to yourself because the one thing I will say is since I was there for so long I was like was it worth all the the torture that I went right. through um and I think there is something to be said for like being resilient and having to work for tough people and just not quitting but I think there was a certain point where it's like you really have to sort of evaluate your health and your yeah. mental health yeah and, and is some it worth people it? like doing that yeah too. Oh, so it was and like people, it was yeah. you it was you telling yourself that you don't want to do this yeah was the problem like not the problem it yeah. was just it was a problem it was a problem yeah no because there there are people who I talk to who work at agencies and they they do love it they love yeah. That like high stress intensity, uh, they thrive in it. It's like super aggressive, and some people are just really into it. And that like was not who I was. But I think that's also just part of like being twenty. You know, in your yeah. early twenties. Yeah. And you know, learning about yourself and being like, you know, I stuck through this. Or and I, I knew a girl too who like also worked in an agency for a few weeks, and she was living with a guy. Like her, you know, her boyfriend who was like a football coach at like a high school or something. So like totally removed from the business and was like, you're miserable. You need to quit that job. And she did. And of course, you know, she's like a writer and it's like, everything's fine now. But, um, it's, it's really tough to, to be like, what's, what's right. Right. But I got out of it. Yeah. No, everything like worked out. But, um, when I was in it, it was really, really tough, but. I got through it. I survived. Not the other I'm side. I'm a survivor. Well, that kind of brings me to the fun part. Oh, yeah. Which is I want to hear about, you know, the crazy the stories crazy, that the crazy you stories. have. I have, God. The stories that you would tell your friends around the campfire yeah. <laughs> when you went home for the holidays. Yeah, the, the, the anecdotes where I'm like, this is what happened to me today. What did you do today? Because I did this. Um, my stories range from... Uh, having to dr- like bring one of my bosses a tampon in a meeting to that's pretty good <laughs> but by the way honestly if I had an assistant I would definitely want them to do that <laughs> I'm just like the thing that was so weird to me was she like emailed me or texted me or something and was like can you bring me a tampon and just like sneak in this meeting and like put it in my hand and I was like sure but you're also in a meeting, so are you gonna put it in while you're in the oh meeting? Oh my god! <laughs> like, yeah, like you have to come out. To yeah, it. exactly. I'm like, you have to come out to put it in. So why can't you just do it yourself? Like, there was That's just so incredible. much like wacky thinking that I was like, another thing, same same boss. She was in Paris on vacation, but so she didn't do anything wrong because no one does anything she, wrong in Paris. Yes, no. Um, and she emailed me when she was in Paris on vacation. What is the Wi-Fi password at this hotel? And I was like, oh, bitch, that's so classic. No, bitch, so- you at the hotel. No. And I didn't respond to her. I was just like, this is too much. This is no. 
I, there like, were definitely times where I was just like, no, I'm not responding to this. I'm not engaging with this behavior. <laughs> like, it's too much. That's... Okay, so when I sat next to you, I had to deal with requests like that, too, where mm-hmm. they're just making you the unnecessary middleman. Yeah, yeah, because they're, like, they lazy and they don't want to They could have the phone and press zero. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Oh, so much of that where it's, like, you're using me for personal stuff that you just don't want to deal with because you're lazy or it's not yeah. a fun thing to do. So you want me to do it. Or you've just created this way of life for yourself that you think that you're entitled to. Yeah, it's crazy. Remember, well, I had a boss who would call me, tell me their takeout order, (laughs) and I would call the restaurant. Oh, yes. And relay it. It's like, I mean, you're telling your order to someone. (laughs) It's just like. That, yeah, that kind of stuff is so crazy to me. And I, I like to think that, like, when I'm at that level, I won't act that way. But, God, I hope But I'm also, not. if you were in a meeting and you needed a tampon, wouldn't it be nice if someone brought it to you? I just, I just, like, feel like I'm so not that... Yeah, I would like to say that I'm not. I don't know. Like, maybe in 10 years, people will be like, no, you she's are. a I mean, monster. I'm mostly teasing, but... <laughs> um, other things, other fun stories. God. I have... Well, there was one time when one of my bosses had a cot, like an iced coffee that he was drinking, and he dropped it on the ground in the office, like on the floor, on the rug, looked at it, and oh. kept walking. <laughs> and I was like, I guess I'm cleaning this. this up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> guess I'm cleaning this up. I was just like, what? I mean, it's just like, yeah, the entitlement is like off the charts. See, that's even insane to me because it wasn't even Caitlin can you please call yeah. the cleaning staff yeah. I just dropped coffee yeah it was like someone knows yeah someone knows <laughs> that it's been spilt exactly <laughs> someone will handle this it's just not gonna be me yeah the person who dropped it uh, I couldn't even imagine that's the thing is I'm like I couldn't even imagine that person doing that like having to like reach down to the floor would have been like way too much for him. well it's weird if you ever run into a boss in the real world it's kind of Similar to running into a teacher because you're like, but way weirder because you're like, how how are they doing this by themselves? Yeah. Yeah. Because they've trained you to think that they can't do anything by themselves. Yeah. Certain. Well, this is also sometimes they can't. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's the thing I think about too is I'm like, you are a however 40 something year old man with a family and like kids yeah like how do you get the kids to school how do you get the kids to like on the plane to go visit grandma for thanksgiving yeah like that kind of stuff I'm like is this just a disaster I, I don't know and I, that's something I'm really like what is that or I think like? the the partner takes care or of that in yeah certain situations. yeah that's probably true um but it's it's just so it is crazy how do these people like live their lives it's just so insane I passed one of my old bosses yesterday I was driving he had a swanky new car Mm -hmm. and I I saw (laughs) him and I was like "Ah." and then he saw me and the (laughs) the light turned green and I was like bye so funny (laughs) so funny I was like I know you're rolling calls with your yep oh yeah oh yeah oh god I remember so my big story where I was like oh I might get fired (laughs) which I laugh it's still like a point of trauma to this day was that so I worked for this person who they did this thing in like staff meetings where they would like throw up on like a screen all the lunches that people were doing for that week so that you could bring up yes you could bring up points of business be like hey you're meeting with like blankety blank on Wednesday can you please ask about my client for this thing I think it's 
really funny to point out really quickly that they called it traffic and they had like well they would make the assistants listed out I'm trying mm-hmm. to remember mm-hmm. and they would say it was for business but I feel like everyone was just weirdly keeping tabs on people's like maybe like are you having good enough lunches because yeah I had a boss who made me send it to them first and they take off ones that they were like embarrassed by yeah well so my boss wasn't like monitoring what I was doing and I will say, like, for my first, like, couple years at the agency, I was, like, a dum-dum. Like, I didn't think the way, like, they thought. And it took me a long time to learn how to, like, be political about things, I think, which is important. And so I – so he had, like, a personal lunch with, like, friends who worked at a rival agency. And no, I put you put it, it on traffic? It on traffic. And he didn't know. So he was sitting in the staff meeting, and they're like – Which boss was this? Um – the middle or the last? The middle. Okay. Who is, so this is your intensely private boss. Intensely private, intense, intense OCD. Um, and <laughs> I put it on there. And he didn't know because he like he wasn't checking it or whatever. So he's sitting in the staff meeting and it's up on the wall. And I'm sure everyone in the room like, like, turned to him and was like, what the fuck? And like made it seem. And I'm just like. It's so funny to me because I'm like, if I was him, I would have been so infuriated. Yeah. But it's also funny because I'm like, whatever. And you probably it's like. It's also funny that you put that so on. Funny. I, I don't know what it was. I just like didn't connect the dots in that well, you moment. Probably, I probably something. just had the names. He probably didn't put like, you probably didn't have the company. I think I knew because they were people that were like his friends. Yeah. That he talked to a lot. So like I should have known, but it was just like a moment where I was just like. Duh. And he also was, like, so rigid in, like, the way he did things that I would never, like, be able to ask him questions because I was, like, too afraid that he would be like, why are you bothering me with the yeah. question? Um, so but I did. Like, and then I, I think he didn't even talk to me about it. He would always, like, email me about mm, his problems because mm-hmm, he was, mm-hmm. like, too passive-aggressive and, like, scared to, like, confront someone in person, which is funny. But yeah. Anyway, I, I still kind of laugh about that because I'm like, oh, man, that must have pissed him off so much. And I, like, didn't do it on purpose. Like, I straight up was just like, okay. boop a doop doop And then so after funny. that moment, he's like, I'm going to need to check these emails before you send them out. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, please check anything. Then the onus isn't on me. Yeah, exactly. You know I, mean? I was, like, kind of thinking he would – because he was so OCD and, like, was had his, like – wouldn't let me do anything. So I was, like, so shocked he even, like, let me do that without any, like – him overseeing the whole process. So. And then, and just for background, like, agencies don't talk to each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's very People much People were like, probably like, what are you doing? Like are you deflecting? Rival, yeah. Rival countries. Yeah. That's why it was such a crazy thing for yeah, Caitlin to it was, do. That was like the one thing I was like, yep, I might, this is bad. This is a bad day. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah, there were just certain things that I did. There was another thing I did with him once where, like, he had some client who was out of the country. It was like in Belgium or something shooting a movie. And he called and my boss was like out of the office for some like personal thing or whatever. And I didn't try him with the call. And he like freaked out and was like, do you understand that he's like very hard to reach and I need to be available and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, well, when I was training, the girl who trained me said that when you're out of the office, you don't want to be bothered. So I didn't do it. It's just like, there was like these things that just like didn't connect at a certain time. And I would like never do that now. And it's so funny. Just like the learning curve is like so steep and there's so many like little details and like 
political things and like just things to know that you should or shouldn't do that are like very hard to distinguish sometimes. I'm trying to think if we had any other ones together. I remember you making me do an exercise class at that they like the agency had sponsored because they were committed to wellness which was hilarious to me that was so miserable because you had been sitting at your desk all day and then if you were lucky enough to get off at 7 30 yeah. and go to one of those classes yeah. you were just going to this conference room yeah. that they oh, <laughs> yeah they literally the they did they literally in that that class made you run around a table in the conference yeah. room and I'm like this is sad it was really it was hard to make those corners too around the table was a narrow little track <laughs> well I think it was, it was you're supposed to be sprinting and I'm like I don't think I sprint I don't run oh yeah I definitely don't sprint but I felt like I had to do those types of things especially as an assistant just to like feel like an autonomous person yeah, yeah. who was totally totally living. I will I have like my, my, my favorite story of like being deep in the darkness working there was Again, I the whole time I worked at the agency, I had like a, like my way to cope with like stress is eating. I'm like a stress eater. So I remember one night when I had like a particularly bad day and I was like, I want KFC. And I decided that I would just drive around like near my house until I found one. And I was like, eventually I'll find one. So I aimlessly was just Wait, driving. This is crazy because that's like something someone would do in 1950. Yeah. Oh, no, I know. I had like all the resources to like phone. look it up. I know, but I didn't want to. I just wanted. I think it was like a moment of like temporary insanity where I was like, I'm just like, going to drive until I find this thing that I yeah. want. And it was like a bigger metaphor for my life. Oh, my God. And I finally. That should be the title of your memoir. <laughs> finding the KFC. <laughs> um, and I finally found it. And they like lost my order. And I was waiting in there for like half an hour and I was like, um, and I was just like so exhausted, like so emotionally drained. And then I remember getting it, going home and like eating all of this food in my bed, which is like something I would always do because I also at that time lived in a place with like five other people and I didn't like any of them. So I would just spend all my time in my room. Yeah, it was dark. Um, I did that too though, because when I first started being an assistant, I would be so drained. Yes. I lived with two random people in a sublet, and I was too drained to interact with them after work that yeah. I would just go eat dinner in my room, which yeah. sounds so sad, but... Yeah, it was be just like, like, I'm like, I just need this. You were literally talking on the phone all day. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I get that. Um. So, yeah, then I just proceeded to eat, like, so much chicken in my bed, and was just like, okay, I feel better so now, I'm and I just went to bed. And that's how I coped with my feelings well let's end this on a positive note (laughs) I mean I feel like the thing that was like the lasting positive side of all of this was like the people that you meet so me so you (laughs) and I feel like I definitely met some good friends because the thing about it is is there's this like intense camaraderie between all the assistants because you're all going through this crazy experience together um, and you just like, you know, go out for drinks and like commiserate and you're like, my boss fucking yelled at me today about yeah. this and that and this happened. And you're just like, yeah, this happened to me. And it's really like getting, being in the war together. And you have these like stories where you're like, yeah, yeah I remember that one time when my boss made me like go into her office to pick up her trash to throw it into a trash can. Like, yeah, and these are like real stories. And we're like, yep, I remember that. Oh, you mean um, like she missed her trash can? 
Um, or something? They had to go No, I mean, honestly, that's probably something I'm sure has happened. But, uh, no, she had to, like, go in and, like, throw her trash because she didn't want to smell in her office or something. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, just insane. But I will say the funny thing is the second you're an outsider or bring an outsider to one of those conversations, like, they're actually insane. Yeah. Because people get so wrapped up in being someone's assistant that they start talking as if they're, like, a facet of that person or they're just so enveloped in it that they don't have the ability to kind of, like, Mm -hmm. step back and have other conversations or they just take everything to be so important. Yeah. I I have people even now who I work with who act that way. And I'm like, because they didn't work in a history, they didn't, like, learn how to, like, separate it. I'm like, no, that person is your boss. It's someone that you work for. They're not your life. Yeah. Um, Or, like... Your boyfriend, or like, there's not a weird yeah. relationship. They're just your boss, like, yeah. and let it go. So I feel like learning to be able to like have that boundary is also really because you have to. I mean, I feel like something that actually you do learn working in agency is like how to mentally deal with it because so much of it is like mental, right? And just being able to be like, no, this is a boundary. No, I'm not gonna yeah. answer an email at this time. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that crazy thing that you're asking me to do because it's insane you know and just being able to like you know put your foot down for certain things and well that's like when I had the boss when you were sitting next to me that was a constant struggle because Mm -hmm. we didn't have external email remember because we were already not getting like fully paid because you were only getting paid for 10 hours a day um so you couldn't have an email at home because that would be unaccounted for hours and she would just start texting me and gmailing me, which yeah. is common for people. But it is hard to draw that boundary. But it yeah. is also hard to draw that emotional boundary when you think you're developing, like, a mentor relationship with someone. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you're not. You know what yeah. I mean? And and you want their approval, but you also want to be a sane person. And sure. you just can't let yourself fall down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Or if you're like, I'll lose my job if I don't do this. Which is... Because yeah. that's the thing is... That makes it so hard too is it's not like you're working in finance and it's like no one else is qualified for this job. Like we need to keep you. It's like there's a hundred other people they can yeah. hire to do the job yeah. that you're doing. So like you have no leverage at all and it's like, yeah. okay. You um, have leverage at a certain point when you know, <laughs> you know all of their stuff that yeah. they don't want to train someone else. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um Oh, it's just such a crazy... And the thing... I remember someone once saying, like, how is this an entry-level job? And I'm like, it is kind of insane that it's an entry-level job. Like... Well, it's 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 both sides of the coin because all you're doing is making a bunch of calls and sending a bunch of emails and doing, you know, personal stuff for someone. But then on the other hand, it's just, like, people put so much weight and pressure and, like, you could fuck up a huge deal. Yeah. Like, once I apparently invoiced for the wrong thing for a client mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. turned into this big blow up that yeah. was larger than me yeah and it was just because I was brand new and right. I was doing my best but I did it a slight error cause, yeah and I probably wasn't even ever told how to do it right yeah, you know exactly. what I mean yeah yeah that's the thing too is that they do give you actually so much responsibility and I'm like I really qualified to do this like a lot of like the expense stuff and like following up with you know accounting and lawyers and like stuff like that I'm like I don't know what I'm doing yeah and then Um, when there's a client asking you where their money is for 
some massive project that yeah. just completed. And you yeah, know, you're like, like <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just a crazy biz. It's a tough biz. It's a crazy biz. You end up with a lot of fun stories, though. A lot of fun stories. I don't know. I mean, I have a friend who like works in finance, and she's like, I hate my job, but I'm paid really well. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, and she's like, yeah, I just go in, and she's like in a sales position, and. It's, like, very cut and dry and not creative. And it's, like, you know, she's, like, we're paid so well because no one wants to do this. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm, like, "Eh, yeah, it's a good point. I think the difference is that if you are working at somewhere like an agency and you don't want to pursue that path, you're using it as a stepping stone. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's what's really important to remember. Yeah. And just to learn as much as you can while you're there. Yeah. But not lose sight of the fact that that's what it's for. Unless you find you have a passion for it, then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's hard to, it it can be hard to keep that in mind. I remember it was like actually my first week or two working at an agency and you do this, like you do shadowing where you shadow other assistants and they kind of just talk to you and they're like, okay, this is how you set a meeting and like, this is a grid. Um, and I remember one of the agents called me to his office and was like, hey, what's your name, blah, 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 blah. And he was just like, all of this is white noise. And he meant, you know, just like being at this, he's like, because he was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, you know, I want to film, like I studied film and I want to, I think I want to like, you know, produce, blah, blah, blah. I didn't know. I was like, literally, it was like the first two weeks of me working there. And he was just like, you know, focus on that and all the rest is white noise. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> I didn't expect Wait, that that's to so happen. Cool. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> well, thanks for coming. Thank you for having Thanks for coming me. to my studio. It's beautiful. Um, I hope you didn't get too much PTSD. I hope it served more as therapy. <laughs> no, I've worked through instead a of lot of back it. I've had a lot of therapy. Okay. I've real therapy, real therapy, okay. um, and it's it's all good now. It's all yeah. it's all gonna be okay. Because you're crushing it. Awesome! Thanks to our guest, and congrats again on her promotion. Um, thank you all for listening. Check us out next week for another episode. I'm gonna try to switch it to Wednesday. Um, you can find us on Instagram at talktomyassistant, talktomyassistant.com, and the Facebook page, Talk to My Assistant. Please, please subscribe through iTunes or whatever app you're listening on and give us a rating so more people can hear. Um, our cover art is by Chelsea Javier. Theme song is recorded by Ryan Heenan with lyrics by me. My name's Rachel Abrams, and thank you for listening.